You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same king prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Wide Crombie is struggling for deep and here comes on the mighty Quinn with a dazzling turn of speed. Around the turn they come on the mighty Quinn. Five deep letting go has raced up to Mr Magical Mac. Back behind the more clever reactor Crombie. Mr Magical Mac. I reckon that'd be up there and one of Chris Barnsby's favourite Inner Dominions back in 2012. How are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. You loved the Iron Horse, didn't you? Yeah, he was an absolute jet. There's no doubt about it. Point-to-point speed, probably none quicker. Chris, just in the the Pacers final, the latest market, Honolulu Bay, 270. Act now is $2.80. They really do have a stranglehold on it, Chris. All expensive ego. Just uh, keeps drawing awkwardly, doesn't it? $6.50 there, the third favourite. But that Emma Stewart market is up that you requested and $1.25 on Saturday night. Gee, that's short, isn't it? $1.25. But I think it's a good bet, though. Um, When you consider that she's got almost half the field engaged here on Saturday night. Interestingly, there was a report out this morning that Emma's actually favouring Mac Dan, who's probably the lesser of the the three major players from her stable on Saturday night. So she's just shying away from Honolulu Bay and Act now. So maybe the the, the heart's ruling the head rather than the head ruling the heart. But uh, yeah, interesting that she's got a a preference for Mac Dan. Of course, he's been brilliant throughout the series, but uh, it's Honolulu Bay that's uh, looking to go through the series unbeaten if he claims the final here on Saturday night. I know our first guest is waiting for us in Pete Greg. Just in regards to gate speed from this horse on the inside, Chris, I cast no shadow. Oh, he's got good gate speed. Has he? Uh, of course, okay. yeah. He, he, he's going to be a very interesting runner early. There's a lot of speed there off the front row. So how hard they want to go with I Cast No Shadow, how much do they want to be engaged in that uh, tussle early because they're going to be flying. There's no doubt about it. So he's going to be a really interesting runner early, I Cast No Shadow. Yeah, will he hand up to Act now or something early, though, possibly? I, I would say so. The, the way he's performed throughout the series, he was disappointing at Shepparton when he led up, uh, but uh, he was better the other night coming off speed. So I think that's probably the best option that they have. Oh, Peter Gregg's with us now, Chris. Well, Steve, I know you love a stat, and when you go through the recent uh, numbers for Peter Gregg, they're very impressive. His last 10 starters, third, third, first, ninth, and that one galloped yesterday, first, first, fourth, third, first, third. That's a really good strike rate. He's currently sixth on the Queensland Premiership, and he's had a number of good performances throughout the year. My ultimate victors won six. I'm a Beach Babes won eight. Teacher's Pet, nine. And there's a few others there that have been really good for the stable. So he's chipping away quietly. He was in the winner's circle again yesterday. I thought I'd get him online today. Pete, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. The stable is going well. You can't deny those numbers. Yes, no, um, we're obviously really happy with how they're going. Um, We started the season. They were going um, quite well. And and, uh, then we had a, a... couple of viruses go through the team and I think we had a couple of winners in a couple of months so it levels itself out and 
uh, they've come back racing now and the way the season operates now with it ending at the end of this month, I think quite a lot of younger horses aren't around now and it's letting ours um, just perform a little better than they might have in the middle of part of the season. Okay, well that's interesting you say that. So you think there's some sort of ebbs and flows throughout the year now that we've changed it to the calendar year? Yes, I, I do. I, I think it was always there, but it's instead of um, being in August, September now, October, I just think it's been pushed back a pushed back two or three months and uh, and because we haven't got much quality in the team, I think it's helped us a lot. Well, you've got 75 wins for the season, Pete. Did you set yourself a, a number at the start of the year? Do you set yourself goals on, on how many winners you want to prepare each and every season? Um, well, 75 is the best we've ever done, so we've got to be really happy with that. Um, overall, we used to average around um, 50, and uh, so early in the season, I thought we'd get more than what we've got now, but but uh, as I say, we had that lull for a couple of months, and we couldn't really be any happier with than, uh, the figures we've got um, with the team that we have. Well, there's no doubt uh, there's a chance that you can add to that tally. We've still got a couple of more weeks before the end of the year, so could we push towards 85? Um, oh, well, you're pushing to whatever the maximum can be, obviously, and and they're all going well, and most of them aren't quite on their marks yet, although they're getting um, harder for them, but... Um, I, you know, I'd be disappointed if we didn't have some winners in three weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll be pushing higher, whatever that figure is. Okay, and your winners this year have been spread across the three tracks: Marburg, Rickliffe, and Albion Park. So, uh, catering at all tracks there and getting good results at all tracks as well. Yes, we we try and um, place the horses where they can get the draws, um, wherever that might be, and. And uh, up till the last few weeks, we haven't really had anything to go to Albion Park. We have gone there occasionally, but but um, I think our horses have lifted a little bit and the racing at Albion Park's dropped slightly and that's let us um, compete much better there. Uh, how many horses are you actually working right now? Uh, we're working 24 and... Um, We've got uh, and give us a hand, um, Jimmy Lenahan and John Ballon, the track minute. Marburg comes and gives us a hand, and Matty Nielsen and and uh, Steve Coombs and his wife Tony, they chip in quite a bit. And Patrice uh, Madden, my partner, she um, is probably as good as all the rest of us put together. Still calling the shots? Um, oh, well, she's probably listening, so I don't really want to own up to it, but I'd have to say <laughs> yes if I was honest. But by the sound of it, it, there's a real team environment that you've got going on there. Yeah, it's really terrific. Um, everybody gets on super. There's no mood swings. Like, obviously, Maddie's the youngster in the team, but um, with all the older guys, 
you know, we just find them so consistent and uh, as far as punctuality goes and temperament. So we couldn't really be any happier. One thing that stands out for your team right now, uh, as far as the horses are concerned, Pete, the bulk of them are Qbred. How important is that for your stable? Um, for our stable, it's enormously important, but um, what's sort of more important is that for the industry, it's just so significant. I, you know, I don't want to be derogatory to to other states, but without Qbred, I think Queensland would um, taper off that rapidly. People wouldn't believe it. It's it's a Qbred's a you know, probably the best thing that's happened anywhere in harness racing. All the size stakes for the different states. Without them, I just think the numbers of people and horses have diminished very rapidly. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair call as well. So uh, that's something that you're obviously mindful of. The fact that your horses are Qbred, first and foremost, you're trying to secure their bonuses as quickly as possible. Yes, well, I... Even, yeah, our stable um, probably isn't any different in that regard to anybody else. Like, because the bonuses are so good and going up slightly again, I, everyone's first aims to get the bonus and they've chipped in for your horse uh, significantly. And uh, after the bonuses, well, you, by then you know how far you can aim for. But I, I think everybody aims for the bonuses initially. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, two owners that I wanted to make mention of, Jeff and Leanne Wallace, the Clifton's from central Queensland. They've been stalwarts for your stable as well. They breed horses. They breed Q-bred horses. So uh, they, they put plenty in. So it's good to see them get good success and good results. Yeah, it is. As you say, they've um, stuck by us through uh, lean times. It's easy to stick when you're going okay, but, but they've... Uh, They've all our owners have been terrific to be honest. They're the most significant, obviously. But although um, Alan and Marie uh, Whitecliff are, you know, big owners for us as well, but we're lucky with the team of owners we have overall. Yeah, absolutely. Just on on Jeff and Leanne Wallace. How long has that association been going now? Um, I'm I'm not sure. I think. Training-wise, is um, over 40 years, but I had my first drive for them about 50 years ago. It even hurts me to say it, 50 years ago. <laughs> Do you remember it? <laughs> um, well, uh, there's a bit of a dispute over which horse it was, but um, the one I remember, yeah, I remember it quite well. It was a horse named Wendell at Rockley, but, but um, I don't know why I remember it there's probably hundreds in between that i don't remember <laughs> well there you go we're turning back the clock yeah. now hey, hey speaking yeah. of uh, the wallaces speaking of the Qbred, you've got the one runner tonight at redcliffe it's in the very last race so they've got you uh up all night my girl mandy she's got uh, the inside draw will tonight be her night um yeah, gee, if it's ever going to be, it should be, Chris. It's um, There were two divisions of the maiden yesterday, and these are ones left over from that. Um, she's obviously just battling, but, but she has, um, has a 
good drawer and and a good driver and her form hasn't been flash but it hasn't been hopeless and maybe the field and the track but I don't want to say now or never because if she doesn't win you know what that means yeah well, we'll, we'll cross our fingers and toes and hopefully uh, she might have that little bit of luck on her side just going to Saturday night, a couple of Q-bred features at Albion Park. You've got runners in both divisions, the Phillies plus the Colts and Gelling. Merge right in the Phillies. She's running from gate two. She backs up after competing yesterday. She was more than okay yesterday, Pete. Yes, she's going well. We have a good opinion of her. We don't really think she's um, come up quite at her best this time. She's healthy and and fit and feeling well. Um, but we've had to place her a little bit easier than we had anticipated 12 months ago. I think she'll go... She'll race well and honestly like she always does, but probably the ones to beat are drawn... Um, one and eight, and and I'm I'm not sure um, how good a horse she'll get behind, and it makes it awkward, even though she's drawn two. Okay, and in the Colts and Geldings, you've got the two runners there, Master Charles and my Alderman Victor. Can can they measure up? Um, I'd I'd have to say probably not quite. Like anything happens in races, and they're both going as well as they can go and they've both been very consistent um, for quite a few weeks now. I th- there's there's three horses in it that are probably a little bit better than both of them on ability and uh, the other four of us are probably um, just behind them. So three is hard to beat. I'm sure they'll both race well, but um, they probably can't overcome the good field, even though there's only seven runners. Okay. Well, that's Saturday night. I want to pick your brain about those announcements that were made last week as well. The, the new track uh, has been uh, uh, set in stone now. We're headed to Norwell. Um, you've had, what, 1,100 or more than 1,100 winners as a trainer. You're, you're heading towards 2,500 wins as a driver. What size track do you think would best suit Queensland at Norwell? Uh, at a thousand meters is my personal preference. Um, I don't think anybody thinks the racing at Menangles a spectacle, and um, the racing's no different there. Um, when you go to Menangle, you watch half the race on the big screen and then pick them up on the home turn, and it, it doesn't change the style of racing for harness racing. It's it's um, they nearly all sit and make their runs from the 400 or just inside that um, a lot of the time at Menangle. So I don't really see the advantage in having a track. I think a 1,000-metre track, at least the people have got side of them all the way around and the starts work out well and it gives everyone a, a chance, I think. Are you a fan of the sprint lane or not? Yes, I am. Um, like I think it takes away from the driving to some degree, but but um, driving's changed a lot now, and and I think the sprint lane is an absolute necessity for the betting public. Like, I mean, I, we've had the sprint lane for quite a few years now, but when horses don't get runs, the punters don't like it, and uh, that seldom happens 
with the sprint lane, even though sometimes it gives you a false impression, have time to mow them down, but at least they're nearly always in the clear and even the ones back along the pegs have room to at least chase forward. And so for impressions and the punning public, I just think it's a necessity. Okay, fair point. You're our Marburg way now. We spoke with David Brick yesterday. He said there's, um, you know, very realistic uh, possibilities that there's going to be some major upgrades at Marburg. Uh, would you be happy to see that? I think... Um, when I, I don't want it to sound like everything I say is a necessity, but the track at Marburg needs to be bigger in this day and age. Um, a lot of trainers don't want to race there and because of the track. I don't think the track's too bad um, as far as horses handling it, but it's very difficult to come from behind and... I think um, a bigger track would be so advantageous to the racing and the punting and the quality of racing there. The people that run Marburg are just great. Like They're mostly volunteers. They put in heaps of work and and uh, I think... It, it might be primitive as far as um, facilities go in this day and age, but everyone enjoys it. It's a great place to go to. And yeah, I couldn't agree more, Peter. I went there a couple of years ago on a Sunday. I had an absolute ball. I uh, took my father up there. Yeah. But you're right about the – just for the punting confidence as well, you're right. I mean, I, there's not too many races I've actually watched there where the leader hasn't won. Um, yeah. So it's like Rock Lee days, isn't it, a bit? It is, and um, like I'd love to have a meeting at Rockley again, but but you you're definitely right, and people people don't want it. I, d I don't um, have any lesser preference for driving at Marburg as anywhere else, but it's not personal preference. It's what the punter wants and what's best for the industry. Do you still enjoy the driving, Pete? Um, I do, but you know it's. Uh, there's no sport that's not a young person sport. And um, when I was driving, I was heavier than most of the opposition, but now more significant than what I used to be as well. And uh, most of the drivers are, are, you know, 20 or 30 kilos lighter than me. I, I like um, driving, but, like, I'm a driver and... You know, back in the day, you wanted your horse to relax and be... Now, it's up and getting them to run, and the drivers that do that are the successful ones. So I love driving, but that's the reason I don't drive too much. Peter, what's the best horse you've ever been associated with in all the years that you've been in, in the sulky? Um, I probably... I've never driven a... We're just losing you a bit, Pete. I'm not sure if you can move slightly because obviously I'm keen for your answer. We just uh, see how we go now. What were you saying? Um, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I can't even remember their names. The best ones that I've driven, to be honest. Like I won a Sunshine Sprint on a. I think it's it's not Miller, but but uh, the better horses that Western Light was a good horse that I drove and never drove it when he won into Dominion Heats, but that sort of quality. But over the years, it's been cumulative. I've really driven top-notch horses. So methodical, the, the, the Sunshine Sprint winner, he, he'd be one of the, the better ones? 
Um, did I drive methodical when he won? I thought Daryl Alexander actually drove no, it when he won. Yeah, you're right. But you would have sat behind methodical, yeah. wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was a good horse, yeah. a free runner, but, you know, his racing style didn't lend himself to open-class racing. But but uh, the one I won the Sunshine Sprint was a chap from Victoria trained it. Um, like, I've, I've won some bigger races, but not really since they became big races. And, Pete, during that wonderful era in harness racing during the 80s and the, and the early 90s, what, who was the, your main rival in, at that stage, like the, some of the drivers, you know, that you really respected, and obviously they respected you? Um, well, up here, it, like Alan Donahue, was always the biggest opposition for me. And, and then um, Luke McCarthy, the McCarthy family came up and they uh, cleaned us up, basically. But um, before they came, Alan Donahue was the toughest and probably best competitor. But over the years, I've been like everybody else, like... Um, I just find Chris Alford amazing for the enthusiasm that he's kept up. Um, Gavin Lang for um, just forward thinking in a race and and uh, his casual attitude, even though he would have been tensed up. But like uh, John Binskin, I'd probably regard as the best driver that that I've seen and the one I respected the most, but I was fortunate enough to go back a, to watch a generation before him when there was Jim Caffin and Alf Phyllis and Moulds and all them, but it was totally different then. You know, they uh, there was a lot more tactics involved, whereas now being able to get your horses to run's a big thing. Although having said that, someone like Greg Sugars contradicts that. You know, like uh, I admire what he does in the races and Gary Hall's probably the opposite and I admire him. You know, it's the successful people. People often say they get the best horses to drive, but um, that's not the way. It, you don't get the best horses to drive if you're not driving well. Yeah, and awesome. all the successful people earn that success and if they continue it on, that's fantastic. I remember Alan Donahue standing out in races when, you know, it was a close finish or even when he was in front, just the way he used to you know, be quite aggressive with his body. Do you remember that, you know, when he'd hit the... I, yeah, well, I definitely remember that, but I, yeah. I didn't even know if we were allowed to talk about aggression in the oh, races today. Oh, we can talk about it today. Um, but, uh, yes, no, he... Uh, was one one of his own. It was a different era, and I think he's. It's um, the young people and and. Uh, oh, we just lost him, unfortunately, Chris. But you could talk to Peter all day, wouldn't he? Have some wonderful yeah. stories. But so yeah, respected, so in the uh, so knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Lucky Camilla was that horse. Uh, was it? Um, I think Johnny Brash might have. It. Fond memories of Lucky Camilla. He might have stabled at um, Brassie's um, place. Yeah, yeah, out the back with Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had stables at the back of their house in Stevenson Street for many years. Johnny Brash. Yeah, he was a very fast horse, Lucky Camilla. Very fast horse. Oh, Jack Butler. He's joining us next. Jack, good morning. Morning, Chris. You can listen to Peter Gregg all day, can't you? Yeah, love listening to them old stories. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, too, right. But it's ever-evolving, this uh, racing industry, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. Now, first and foremost, just with you, you lead the premiership here. You've got five wins as a lead over Chantel Turpin. We're only, what, three weeks away, three and a half weeks away before the end of the season. Do you hang on? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, no, I just, um, yeah, things, yeah, draws are killing me a bit at the moment and things like that. I'm probably just not having a real good run, but um, Pete and Chantel, they're flying at the moment. And, uh, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be close, but, um, yeah, fingers crossed anyway, Chris. All right. Well, it'll be a, a great feather in your cap if you can claim that uh, premiership. You've got a couple of runners tonight at Reckless. Speaking of bad draws, let's get straight into it. Chain link, race four, he's got gate six, the outside of the front row. He's going well enough, but the draw is obviously the concern. Yeah, the draw stings, but um, I actually thought he was really well graded there tonight. Um, obviously, going to need a bit of luck. Um, I did, like, I think he's my best chance all night. So, yeah, fingers crossed and get a bit of luck in the run. I'm sure he'll be thereabouts. All right. Well, that's chain link there in race four. Race seven, as she says, she comes up with gate two. This looks really winnable, this race. Yeah, I've been disappointed with her, actually, Chris. She's um, a lot better than what she's shown on, on, on the track at the moment. But, um, yeah, look, this is the race where she can turn her form around, that's for sure. It's um, probably not as strong as what she has been racing and come up with a decent draw. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a bit better showing tonight, for sure. Yeah, it looks like you've found the right race. Preferential barrier draw on sex, so that the mares are going to draw kindly here. She's got that good change-up speed, though, doesn't she? And, uh, you know, that's obviously going to see her win more races, hopefully, in the future. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I was disappointed in her last week. I know it was a very slowly run race and she was probably never going to win it, but she got a good card into it right up to about the 300. And then when Chloe uh, pulled her, she just sort of didn't let down like I hoped. But in saying that, they got home pretty quick, too, and she was off the track. So, yeah, let's just hope tonight she can uh, not be too far off them and, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot better. Uh, another bad draw for your final runner tonight in race nine. Bets on Millie, second up for the stable, but she's got to overcome gate six. How did you gauge that first up run? Um, yeah, she she needed it. Um, she she's sort of she's not blessed with a lot of ability, but um, yeah, we're just sort of hoping to get her back in the draw after tonight. Touch wood, and um, sort of she can get draw somewhere and sort of get the right sort of trip, and that yeah, she'll she'll win a race. But I, I just can't see that one tonight. But I hope I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, we were talking to Peter Gregg just moments ago about the, the importance of the Q-bread scheme. Uh, bets on Millie. She's Q-bread, so that's the, the main focus, just to win a race and pick up that bonus? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, for the summit, and that, it'd be good. Um, that, that's, yeah, that's her main aim anyway. And then, you know, don't know what will happen then, but whether she'll go as a riding horse or a surrogate or, or whether they'll, what they want to do. But, yeah, that's our main aim at the moment. All right. I want to turn your attention to Saturday night. We've got another feature night of racing coming through at the Creek. Uh, the Lord Mayor's Cup is the uh, the highlight race. Deus Ex returns to action there on Saturday night. He lands gate one. Is he forward enough to take this race on the weekend? No, I don't think he is. Um, yeah, he, he sort of, I've been struggling to get him back probably to his peak fitness at this stage, but uh, I'm just hoping, you know, another couple of runs against the big boys will just tighten him up even more and, um, at least we've got a draw where we don't have to sort of kill him or anything like that and, um, you know, overdo it with him. So, yeah, he'll just, um, you yeah, know, we'll just sort of go around hopefully another couple of times and get his fitness right and, yeah, and hopefully we can be competitive in them saying another fortnight, three weeks' time. 
Okay. Is that why he's had a number of trials uh, this time in, Jack? Because you're just trying to sort of sort him out? Yeah, definitely. He's just um, he just done that well um, with his time off and uh, just taking a little bit, just getting back, Chris. Yeah, but um, he's getting there. Like, his last trial was good. I was really happy the way he settled on the helmet and... Um, you know, he, he got the line good and pretty, like, a nice sectional and things like that. He sort of done it the way he doesn't normally do it. So that was that was sort of pleasing. But, um, yeah, yeah he'll, keep, he'll keep improving, that's for sure. Pretty handy field, though. Mac Da Vinci, Turn It Up, Black Sedans, Uncle Shank, uh, Northview Hustler. There's a few handy ones there. Yeah, yeah, they're all, they're all sort of... There's not a lot between a lot of them, really, I don't think, And um, when they're all on song. And, obviously, draws are a big thing in these free-for-alls these days and um yeah you know but yeah certainly a, a very tough race all right a couple of up-and-comers for you on saturday night so extra he's a big imposing looking horse he was awesome last week how far can he go um yeah it's hard to say i i think um to be honest with you I, we're driving him a little bit upside down i think to how he really likes to race he's, he's a big horse but he's actually got really really good high speed um coming off the helmet and um but, you know, you're drawing there where you've sort of got to get forward and, you know, you, you start in favourite and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think you... I'm not going to say you'd get the free-for-all, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did. If he won on Saturday night and was impressive, wouldn't there be any temptation about starting him in the Christmas Cup? Uh, yeah, look, i have to talk to the owners, but, um, yeah, like, I, I think he, he follows speed all day. That's one thing I will say about him. And... Um, but, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see see how he goes that day and, and weigh it up from there. Okay. And Targaryen's the other one. His past two victories, they've been super. Yeah, he's, he's a beautiful horse um, on the on the way up. And um, he, he's one that I, I think can go a long way just on his speed alone. He's um, he's very fast. And uh, yeah. when he's on song, he, he can really, you know, some of these sectionals he can run is um, really, really good. And uh, I'd like to think he could sort of get right up through his grades too. Yeah, and he's versatile too, isn't he, Jake? He can lead, he can follow speed, and he can do a little bit of work. He's got a bit of bottom to him. Yeah, definitely. He's um, one thing we've made. He's a, he's a real trier, and um, you know that'll take us a long way. So no, we, we're really happy with him and where he's in a he's in a happy place at the moment. So um, yeah, we just sort of keep ticking him over and see see where we can get. All right. Well, they're the runners uh, that I, I just wanted to go through for the weekend. I'm keen to get your thoughts with the, the news that we're headed to Norwell in the future. Uh, what size track would you like to see uh, built there? Uh, definitely a thousand metres. Yeah, I um, I'm not a fan of an angle. Um, you know, I never had much luck there either. But that's probably why. But um, yeah, I I, I, I just I was listening to Peter talk about it. I think he's 100 percent right. Just for a punter's point of view and a spectator's point of view, I think a thousand uh, just the right the right size. And um, I, I think every horse gets their chance if they're good enough. So. Um, yeah, that, that's that's my opinion. All right. With the sprint lane as well? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. So a mirror image of Albion Park? Yeah, 100%. I can't say yeah. I try and fix something that ain't broke. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a great track, Albion. You know, they can run as quick as time as, as an angle almost, you know. And, um, you know, and it's not all about times. It's all about you know, everyone's getting their chance. But I, I, I think they, they do that there for sure. All right. Well, you're not too far from Norwell, so it's going to be convenient for you. But... It's exciting that we've finally got that uh, that news that uh, we've got a home and, uh, you know, it's been announced now, so it's time to get on with it and uh, get building. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's only about 
you know, I think I looked it on maps the other day, 26 or 36 minutes or something. So, yeah, that, that'll be real handy for us. <laughs> Do you reckon there were a few people that just punched it into Google to find out how fast Norwell would be from their stables? Uh, well, I did anyway. So, <laughs> I'm sure I was good. Yeah. Absolutely. I really appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight and across the weekend. You've got runners uh, uh, a plenty. Uh, what, tonight, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday? So best of luck. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. There's Jack Butler joining us. So a five-win lead over Chantel Turpin, and we're right into the home stretch now of the season. Does he hang on? I'm sure this man will be crunching numbers. He'll, he'll know. Darren Clayton, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you this morning? Yeah, really well. Does he hang on, Jack, or does Chantel uh, swallow him up in the, uh, in the latter part of the, the year? No, I was thought he would hang on for sure. I don't know whether he's playing a little bit of reverse psychology there, doesn't want to put the moz on himself. But, uh, yeah, well, I've penciled him down for two for tonight anyway, and um, that'll certainly help the, help the lead. But, yeah, I've, I thought he could hang on. A couple of new horses in the stable too. He's turning them over and... Uh, had a great season and a um, bit of a breakout season for his daughter, Chloe, too. She's honing in on, on 100 wins for the season as well, whether she can get there. So um, all going well for the Butler family. Yeah, it's going to be close, though, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And even um, you, you look at the fact that uh, for a good while there that uh, Grant Dixon sort of was off the pace and um, we know for how long he's dominated the, the local scene, but he's only five wins further back from Chantel. So um, by weight of numbers, there's certainly the chance that it, it could become very interesting. Well, could he get over the top of both? Well, that's that you know that's a big op opportunity for their stable. They've got strength in numbers. They've got a couple of nice horses on the way back, um, and, and certainly in the in the right grades at the right time and couple of trotters as well we know the trotters we always get a few trot races per week where he's got uh, he had a winner yesterday with Banff yeah you's going well um, the Saturday night grade stress factors going well um, certainly certainly right in the mix that's for sure and and the amount of ground that the Dixon stable has made up in the past probably month you could certainly say that uh, it's it's not out of the realms of possibility yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch that uh, in the latter part of this year. A dollar uh, twenty-five tab have put up for Emma Stewart to train the winner of the Inter Dominion on Saturday night. How do you see that? I think that's that's probably a, a pretty pretty safe bet. To be honest, I don't know which horse wins the race, but yeah. the, the fact of the strength and numbers that she's got. Um, you know, those top three horses in the market suggest that she's going to do it. Spirit of St. Louis, very ordinary the other night. He needs to bounce back. Expensive Ego is probably the, the best hope outside of the of the Stewart stable, I would suggest. Even um, probably give Zeus Bromack an outside chance if the speed is really hot. He's one that can certainly fire home off a tempo. So... Um, it's going to be tempo-related, and it's an inter-Dominion final. They're never a, a walk in the park. So, um, you know, the opportunity is there, and it's up to those other horses to take it. It's just where that mid-race pressure comes from to whoever's in the front, whether it's Honolulu Bay or Act Now or, um, you know, they're, they're both right in it. Uh, I went back through and had a look. The last horse to win a three-heat or sweep three heats in an inter-Dominion series in Australia and win was I'm the Mighty Quinn in Perth. 
Uh, it has happened two other times since the year 2000. They were both over in New Zealand. So um, horses that have been beaten after winning three heats, Expensive Ego and King of Swing last year. Um, Courage Under Fire, it happened to him. So uh, there's certainly history probably against a little bit to a degree on Honolulu Bay, not as much as I thought it possibly was. But uh, either way... Did Alderman Sniper go through race. this series... Did Alderman Sniper go through the Inner Dominion uh, unbeaten in 2019 in Auckland? Yeah, he did. So the other yeah. two times it's happened has been in New Zealand. So that was Alderman okay. Sniper in 2019 and El Su in 2006. Yeah, OK. Right. And both at uh, Auckland as well, Alexandra Park. So both at Auckland, correct. All right, well, let's have a, a look at Redcliffe tonight. We've got 10 of the best. We start at 5.37. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, well, um, I thought it was interesting hearing Jack's thoughts there on Chainlink. I've been a fan of how this horse has been going of late, not drawn favourably in gate six, but I thought his class factor would see him home there. His sectionals have been really strong, going well enough. Uh, I thought a bit of speed to his inside there um, should allow him just to float across and find a handy spot. Um, he was favourite last time out. He was drawn outside the second line on that occasion. He was only beaten two metres behind Stompham. So um, I think that's his opportunity tonight, and I'm keen on his chances. Race four, number six, chain link. OK, 3.40 currently with Tab. What else takes your fancy tonight? Yeah, one race later uh, in race five, uh, the Dixon stable, Wonder Woman Jujon, uh, thought she would really enjoy getting back to Redcliffe where she has a good record. She's been racing at Albion Park in recent starts and not too far away. Um, she's Her past three have all been at Albion Park going well. Um, she was only beaten a half head in one of those two, two starts back. She does have early speed so she can find a handy spot and I thought that's a very winnable race. Race five, number four. Wonder Woman Jujon. Okay, 310 about Wonder Woman Jujon. Uh, she was one that probably missed out there last Thursday when we lost that meeting uh, due to the uh, the, uh, the weather and, and state of the track. But she was drawn barrier one there last Thursday. It looked a, a great race for her, but she looks a, a great chance tonight, although she's just drawn out a little wider in four, but 310 currently. Are we going to go one out with her in that first leg of the quaddy? Oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I think she's definitely one out there with Wonder Woman Jujon. I can't see uh, make too strong a case for anything else in that field, so we'll go one out with her. The second leg, race number six. I've got number one, Lord Denzel, on top. I thought the winner comes from either number one or number seven, so I thought Lord Denzel leads, and I thought Living Free will be sitting on his back, and um, they're, they're the two dangers in that race, so we'll go one and seven there. The third leg, race seven. Um, again, as she says, number two from the Butler stable. Certainly looks her opportunity. She's been um, meeting much tougher horses in recent times. So getting back to this one win race is a big drop in class. Um, she was behind Swedish Starlet last time. Swedish Starlet has come out and franked that form with another win at Albion Park, as has Exciting Times, who she placed behind, who has since won again. So she gets her chance. Throw number six, Hurricane Dream. Uh, gate six didn't go to plan last time, struck trouble. Her first up run for the Donny Smith stable was really promising. And the final leg, race eight. This is a bit of a, a more open one, so we'll play wider here. I've got number three, Lurking, on top. Probably might need to do some work 
in the run again here from gate three. What a reactor. Can do some things wrong um, when she does get mixed up, but does have gate speed. So from gate one, if she fires through and holds them out, she'll be hold uh, tough to hold out. Throwing number eight, caught out. It's going well enough, as is number five, goal mark. Just got the wide gate, but uh, back to the... Back to the sprint trip will certainly be in his favour. So one, three, five, and eight in the final leg. Okay, so repeating your quaddy thoughts tonight. Four only in that first leg. Wonder Woman, Jujon, into one and seven, into two and six, and then we bring it home with numbers one, three, five, and eight. So a grand total of sixteen dollars for tonight's quaddy. Yeah, nice and skinny, and um, I thought it was a pretty good card there at Redcliffe tonight to find a few winners. So hopefully, um, I've made that uh, that right assessment. All right, best bet, race four, number six, chain link at 3.40. I've got a homework question for you this week. I sort of dabbled on this yesterday a little bit, uh, so you might have been tuned in. Majestic Harry is going to represent Queensland on Saturday night in an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final. Who was the last Queensland-trained trotter, if any, that represented Queensland in an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final? Can I press the buzzer straight up? Yeah, go. I'll make the noise. Eh. <laughs> uh, well, it might not be the last one, but I know Kazunov, 2010, Sean Gillespie run second in the Inter-Dominion in Melbourne. Correct. Who was the horse that beat Kazunov that year? Uh, you got me there. <laughs> Sundon's Gift. Sundon's Gift, okay. And and Kazunov went around at massive odds. I think he was you know, a similar price to what Majestic Harry's going to start on Saturday night, but he ran second, ran the race of his life. Interestingly... The horse was owned by Mark Gurry at the time. He may have owned him the whole way through, but at the time when he ran second in that Inter-Dominion Grand Final behind Sundon's gift, he was raced by Mark Gurry. Mark Gurry races one of the favourites, if not the favourite, for the Trotting Grand Final this year with Mufasa Metro. Oh, well, he'll be hoping that uh, it can strike again because that occasion uh, of race was in Melbourne, wasn't it, if I... Mm-hmm. remember correctly Absolutely. so yeah he's uh, got a long association Mark Gurry sponsors a lot of races up around the Mildura way as well as well as some other races so it'd be good to see him cash in and um, another one that I, I sort of found out of that Trotters Grand Final Chris I can't find anywhere where two sisters have been involved in terms of training driving we've had brothers we've had father son mother son um, but never two sisters so there could be one there that I've missed, but uh, I believe it may well be the first. OK, let me throw another quiz question at you. The last time an Inter-Dominion Trotting Grand Final was staged in Brisbane, I think it was the only one, was 2001. Did Queensland have a trained runner in that final? Uh, that was take a moment. Correct. Um, I they, there was Queensland runners in the series. I don't think any of them made the final off the top of my head. Pretty sure Darren Garrard had a horse in the in the series. I don't think it made the final. I think it was placed in the consolation. Okay. Could you name that horse? Oh, geez, you're stretching the friendship now, Chris. Um, two words. Two words. Was Vaughan Quirk was the driver? Yeah, Kiwi bred horse. Uh, no, you got me some smart something. Smart Evander. Is that it? That, that's it. Smart Evander. And I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. There was no <laughs> Queensland trained horses in that 2001 Inter Dominion Trotting Grand Final. 
Yeah, I, I knew we had a few in the uh, in the heats, um, but I couldn't remember if there was any finalists. Yeah, there you go. Well, if my research is correct, we've only had the two runners now in the last 22 years. So Kajenov, who was second in 2010, Majestic Harry on Saturday night. Hopefully he can go one better. Um, so they're the two Queensland trained trotters that have competed in Inter-Dominion Grand Finals um, since the, uh, the Y2K. Well, like you say, fingers crossed. Uh, it's a, it'll be a fairy tale story if Majestic Harry can do it, but uh, he's in there and you've got to be in the book for the fairy tale to finish. So they're, they're right there. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Darren, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll chat again on Friday. Keen to get your thoughts on those big races at Albion Park on Saturday night, plus your thoughts on those two big grand finals down there in Melbourne. So we'll touch base on Friday morning. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Chris.